Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Terrace Talk here on whatever pink and channel this happens to find you on. I'm Connor Southwell. We're looking ahead in a special midweek edition to Norwich City's trip to the Medeski Stadium to face Reading. Um, I think we're going to describe this as somewhat of a top of the table clash, although obviously Reading aren't in, in the top two, but they are in the playoffs. So quite a big fixture for both sides. I'm delighted to be joined by Simeon Pickup, editor of the Tolhurst End. Simeon, thank you very much for, for joining me. Um, first and foremost, how are you? Are you keeping well in these very strange times? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm a little bit annoyed by the new Tier 3 that's coming in and might make it tricky going to the Norwich game, actually, on, on Wednesday because I'm in Tier 3 and it's uh, it's odd times, but good to have football to distract us from all of it. I see. So you live in a tier three, but Reading itself what isn't in a tier three. So there will still be fans at that game, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm in tier three in London and Reading tier two. So it's a little bit tricky going out, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, f- well fingers crossed you can you can get there um, because obviously having fans back, I think even at, at Carrow Road, and, and I'm sure you'll you'll say the same for the Medeski has, has made such a difference in in terms of uh, the games itself. It, it was somewhat of a, a sterile atmosphere behind closed doors. But anyway, let's let's talk about Norwich City's competitors on on Wednesday. Reading, um, they were kind of they raced out of the blocks, didn't they? they? They were top of the league. They were defying all of the expected goals critics, and um, and then maybe people saw a few results that went against them and thought that maybe it was kind of leveling out and they were turning to where they were kind of expected to be at the start of the season, but they, they managed to to sort of cling in that top six race and seems to be picking up a bit of form again. Is it is it fair to say that this Reading side is probably a better side than perhaps many people have given them credit for? I think it's a tricky one because I don't really know how good this Reading side is at the minute. The um the start kind of took us by surprise. We were expecting quite a, a slow start as the manager kind of got used to life in England. Um, results came a lot quicker than we thought. It was very much a case of keeping it solid at the back and then kind of being um, being um, ruthless in front of goal, basically. Um, and then after that, ironically, as we started to get better in the final third going forwards, that was when we started leaking goals and couldn't put the ball in the net. Um, since then, the form's kind of picked up a little bit. It's been a bit between um, the early season form when we were defensively solid and, um, and then in the uh, more recent games when we improved in the final third. Um, to be honest, I don't know how good this Reading side is. And it's it's just a case of um, how well we can deal with injuries, how well we can um, build some consistency over the next couple of weeks and months. And um, to be honest, you, you'll have to ask me in a, in a couple of in a couple of months uh, to get a proper a proper answer out of me. It's interesting because there seems to be some sort of parallel between what you're saying there from a Reading perspective and perhaps what some Norwich City fans are saying in terms of performances maybe not being at the level that they would expect. Do you think this is a result of kind of the the condensed schedule that we've seen this year and just how relentless it's been? The Championship is usually relentless anyway, as as, as you'll know, but it, more so this season. Do you think that's having an impact on perhaps the quality of games and, and teams' performances in terms of consistency? Yeah, absolutely. It's a slog, really. And it's as much about dealing with fatigue as about anything else, really. And I know Norwich have had their own injury problems and uh, building up like muscle injuries and things like that and having to deal with a lot of absentees. And it's the same for Reading as well, um, just having to kind of see how you can cope each week, basically. And we didn't make it any easier for ourselves at the beginning of the season when we basically sacked Mark Bowen a couple of weeks before the start of the season. New manager had no real chance to... Um, get his ideas across and the first couple of weeks are about doing the basics basically the kind of things that you would expect to happen in pre-season um, and I'm impressed we've managed to kind of stumble through as well as we have and as effectively as, as we have but um, 
yeah, certainly a positive surprise. Speak to me a little bit about this managerial change. Mark Bowen, someone who's who's well known and and, and well loved in in these quarters as as an Orish City legend. I think that's that's fair to say. He was replaced by uh, by Pornovich. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his first name because I'll butcher it. But he he seems to have had an, an immediate impact. And then and then as you said, maybe it's about implementing a philosophy a bit more now. Yeah, absolutely. We it was a it was an unknown quantity when he came in. Um, all we really knew was that he um, had some experience with Serbia's under twenty side. Um, a couple of years ago when he um, took charge of him in the World Cup, had some club experience with Chicago Fire out in the MLS and did not do very well by any accounts of, at all. And when he came in, we we're thinking, hang on, why why the hell have we brought this guy in from uh, from the MLS? No English experience in terms of English football. Um, what is he going to offer to us? And Bowen hadn't really done too much wrong. Um, results kind of tailed off earlier on this year, but nothing disastrous and we assumed he'd just take us forwards um but the club decided to essentially gamble on a new guy someone who's very much more um about youth football and developing our younger players um and i guess a more attacking style of football as well um and he's done both those really well you look at the form of people like uh michael elise for example and omar richards he's really brought some consistency out of them and the reason that say elise is being linked with big clubs for 30 million pounds, 40 million pounds, as was quoted recently, is because of how well Panovic has, has brought them through and really instilled some confidence and, and some proper um, positivity in their play. That, that's that's one thing I was actually going to pick up on in terms of young players because it's it's something certainly in in more recent times that Reading have been known for their their sort of development of of young players and, and it kind of feels like it's shifting that way now. Obviously, they lost lost Chris Gunter and, and Gareth McCleary and some two very experienced players. And is 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 that been the shift now? Maybe from from Pornovic to to kind of a younger group of of players rather than perhaps the season's pros that have been at Reading for however many years. Yeah, there was a bit of a wider shift before he even came in, to be honest. We had a big clear out in the summer, I think about um, a dozen players. Gunter, as you mentioned, McCleary, uh, Charlie Adam, Tyler Blackett, a whole host of players that we got rid of. And we don't have a lot of money to go out and rebuild a squad, basically. We had a lot of young players with a lot of potential, but it was about giving them uh, the minutes in the first team, giving them proper opportunity to to impress. And they had to step up to replace these players. And... um, I guess that was probably something that um, was in the mind of the owner when he made the when he made the decision. Do I want to stick with Mark Bowen, who's not quite so good at bringing young players through, or do I want to really invest in someone who is going to um, have that impact on young players? And he's getting us back to where we were a number of years ago with really bringing young players through and really doing well with that. We lost our way in the last couple of years, to be honest. The squad was too big. Um, and young players didn't have a proper pathway to come through. And luckily, we've been able to marry that manager who knows how to bring young players through and develop them and having a squad that is better built for young players to come through. Has there been a bit of an identity crisis at Reading in, in that regard, do you think? Yeah, in the last couple of years, we kind of jumped from manager to manager, from different style to different style and um, no real consistency, not really knowing what we're about as a club, basically. And if you ask any fan what we should be about as a club, it should be about bringing young players through because that's what we've always been good at. And um, Reading aren't the biggest club in, in this division, but what we really punch above our weight in terms of is having a really good academy. And we are able to 
compete with other clubs in that regard. We've got really good facilities now at Hogwood, um, at Bearwood, sorry. Um, and that has to be our future as a club. And it's something we really need to be consistent of, consistent to, and really stick to. And um, it's what we've got to do in the future, basically. Yeah, absolutely. There seems to be some sort of, some parallels between Norwich and, and, and Reading in that regard, particularly in kind of the direction. I think it's important, particularly in these in, in this COVID world, that um, uh, teams that have a good academy, I think, will, will probably come through a little bit better because, as you said there, they can obviously uh, they have some assets to sell on, but equally um, they're not going to need to necessarily dip their feet in, in the transfer market perhaps as, as much. Let's look on the pitch at the moment, though. Um, last four results, 1-1 against Sheffield Wednesday, a 2-0 win over Forest, a 1-0 defeat to Birmingham and a, and a 1-0 win over QPR. A little bit up and down, but... Is there now? Obviously, we saw them race out of the blocks, and and everyone was was kind of talking about are we are we kind of trying to see Pornovich find some consistency a little bit more now, particularly as as they find themselves perhaps at the upper end of the division, which is evidently where they're going to want to be. Yeah, we've shown with, that we can kind of dig out those um, those gritty little results that we probably wouldn't have got um, a couple of weeks ago. We had that um, that four match losing streak where everything seemed to go wrong for us, um, but the last kind of half dozen games. Were, uh, games or so it's not been free-flowing it's not been really consistent as you say but we have been able to pick up points and whether it's getting a late winner at QPR or getting a point at Millwall where we might otherwise have have not got anything or Sheffield Wednesday where we might not have been able to come back from 1-0 down we are seeing those the sign of a, of a good side being able to dig out results where we might not have been able to otherwise. Interesting. How do you view this game? Is this a a good test for for Reading as to where maybe they stand in the championship with with Norwich City coming table topping Norwich City? They've not really um, maybe hit the heights that some expected in terms of performances as we discussed earlier. But in terms of this game, it's it's two sides in in the top six. It's it's going to be a, a fascinating encounter, I think, to see how both sides approach it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest, I'll be happy with the point at this stage. We've got so many. <laughs> Um, key first team injuries at the minute we're basically just having to get the most as, as we can out of a very depleted squad um, you'll be very happy to know that Lucas Zhao is out Yaku Mate is out Omar Richards is out John Swift is out that's a lot of our really key players and when you've got that many players out you're having to basically just see what players you can put out on the pitch it's not about kind of being at your best as being at your free-flowing best it's just about seeing what you can manage and I think we're going to see a Reading side on Wednesday that isn't representative of what we want to build over the rest of the season. It's going to be a side that is going to focus on being defensively solid, maybe nicking a goal or two from a set piece. Um, It's not going to be the best version of this Reading side that you're going to see this season. Interesting. Two quite depleted squads uh, coming up against each other, it it sounds like. How, How do you view... Norwich and, and, and where they are at the moment as a Reading fan, how do you feel about them coming to the Medeski at the moment? I think it's one loss in, in, in 14, if, if uh, memory serves. That's that's quite a record to be travelling to, to the Medeski with. Is, how, how do you think Reading will, will approach it? I think we're just going to try and sit in as much as possible, really. Um, Paunovic has showed that he's happy to kind of focus on basics first, basically. And in big games like this, um, he's just going to prioritise getting a point. We saw it at Bournemouth. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and we actually started really well, focused on being defensively solid and hitting them on the counter. Um, did very well for the first half, and we're tuning up 
very surprisingly. Let's not talk about the second half where we conceded four and, lo- and lost 4-2 and it was one of our most embarrassing results of the season. But for the first 45 minutes, our game plan against a really good side that is going to be um, wanting to go up automatically was was very effective. And I would imagine that he will try to do the same thing um, without um, similar quality players that he had against Bournemouth. But that's probably going to be essentially the same kind of thing. Low block, hit Norwich on the counter. I, I think you're, you're going to concern some Norwich fans. There. Beyond maybe Blackburn and, and possibly Swansea in parts, there's not really been a side that has really tried to take the game to Norwich and, and maybe tried to, to play them at their own game. So by the sounds of it, that's that's not what you're expecting Reading to do on Wednesday. No, I think if we had some key players back in, if we had uh, Jao back in, if we had Mate in, um, we might try and go for it a little bit more. But um, when you're having to make do with Sonia Luca and Sam Baldock in the final third, players who have, shall we say, not hit the heights at Reading in the last couple of years since arriving, we're very much just going to sit in and make it difficult for you, make it awkward for you. And we do have the players to do that. Um, I know I've kind of gone on about how few attacking players we have at the minute, but the defence is solid. I think we've got a good um, a good, uh, a good, spine there and it's pretty solid at the back and we're going to really try and make the use of the most of that. What, what do you think of, of Norwich at the moment, top of the table? Obviously, Daniel Farker seems to um, be sort of at it again in terms of building a, a side that looks like it can it can contest for championship promotion is is that very much the, the vibe you get from Norwich at the moment yeah absolutely and I was thinking last season to be honest um when things weren't going particularly well for you I was thinking you have to keep Daniel Fark because if you go down you want that experience of a manager who knows how to get out of the the division automatically and I think that's paying off for you he's someone who's already got the experience already worked out how to get a team out of the, the division automatically. And it's that know-how, it's that um, that bit of experience, the division that really pays dividends. And it's not always about kind of getting free-flowing football week in, week out. It's about knowing how to grind out those results. And you look at your game at the weekend, beating Blackburn 2-1, very good result. They're very good side, and I'd be surprised if they're not in the top six at the end of the season. For you to grind that out, it, it shows that you've got that ability to just pick up points where you might not otherwise do it. Usually uh, on, on this sort of show, uh, we'll have opposition fans come on and they'll go, Emi Buendia, Timu Puki, Todd Cantwell. And um, you can see a little bit of, of fear in, in their eyes. Is, is that the feeling from, from you? I guess given the fact that Reading have a fairly solid defence, maybe you view that a little bit differently. No, I, I, no I'm very much, um, <laughs> very much, very much of the opinion that we should be scared of them. Um, Look, this is a, a Reading side that I think is a lot more defensively solid than it has been in the last couple of years, but we are still susceptible to conceding a couple of goals. I mean, if you to- asked me this last week before we went up against Birmingham, I would have thought, right, let's keep a clean sheet there. But then we keep when we then we concede two goals from outside the box in very avoidable fashion. And when you've got players like Puki and Buendia who can open up space and take advantage of space in and around the box we're really going to have to be on top of our game. And it's a little bit different to the to the Birmingham game where we're probably going to more uh, more constantly be be penned in and really focus on on tightening up that space. But still, when you've got players like Pukin Buendir in your side that can do damage in tight areas, then I am worried about them. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think that your your sentiments are echoed by uh, by the majority of, of fans we've we've had on here, and uh, it's it's certainly particularly when when you consider Kieran, uh, he's not going to be fit enough to start. I'd, I'd be shocked if he is for for Wednesday's game. But Kieran Dow coming back to to full fitness as well. I think Norwich fans are, are waiting for a day where they have uh, Emmy Buendia, Kieran Dow, and Todd Campwell behind Timmy Puki. That's going to be some attacking force, I think. Um, just on, on, on Reading, and I, I usually ask our, our opposition fans sort of two questions, so I'll ask them to you now. First of which being, um, who, who do you expect? You've, you've mentioned Michael Elise, and, and there's been a lot of sort of hype around him so far. He seems to be the guy in the championship emerging and, and kind of maybe not having a breakthrough season, but certainly maybe, um, maybe as, as you said, being linked to, to some big clubs for a lot of money. He seems to be that player this year. Um, is, is he the one that you would highlight as 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 the one that Norwich City need to look out for in, at the Medeski on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's only just turned 19, but the, his level of um, maturity and consistency is really impressive. Um, I guess his breakthrough season was probably more last season when he really started to kind of play regularly. He didn't have the end product last season. He, I think he might have picked up one assist, but this season he's already on about three goals and and six assists for the campaign already and for a for a 19-year-old, that really is impressive. But he's not just um, a threat from from open play. He can really put in a dangerous set-piece as well. And Reading set-pieces are no, noticeably poorer when Elise isn't on the pitch. Um, and considering our ability to score from set-pieces, say it's Michael Morrison or Liam Moore or Tom Holmes might um, might start a right-back as well, we do have that ability to, to cause a threat from set-pieces. And, and a lot of that is down to Michael Elise really dangerous, vicious, in-swinging left-footed deliveries. And, and then the second question, I, I have to put you in the shoes of Daniel Farker at the moment, put you in the parker with the, the, the long uh, brown hair. How, how, if you were him, do you approach this one? How, which areas do you target from, from the Reading side? How, how do you beat the Royals, would you say? Um, I press high up and particularly on our right side. We've got um, not too many players who can properly play out from the back. Um, not too many players you can kind of play through the lines through a press, particularly on our right side. If we start Tom Holmes, he's naturally a centre-half, but he can play at right-back as well. But when we have him, Michael Morrison as our right-sided centre-half, Andy Rinomota kind of just ahead of them in the double pivot, it's not a set of players that can really play out through a press very well. And when you do press high up, as Birmingham have done and, and other teams have done as well, it causes us problems and it stops us playing. It stops us getting the ball up into the feet of a Jaria higher up or a Lease higher up. Um, and if Norwich do that, and I know you're capable of um, an aggressive high press, then you're not only going to cause us problems, but you're really going to stop us causing you problems as well, basically. I can hear Timu Puki licking his lips from here. If I'm uh, if I'm completely honest, um, just just finally, then let's um, let's let's get your prediction, your assessment of of how you feel this uh, this game will go. And of course, I've got to ask you for the dreaded score prediction as well. I think it's going to be a tight one, but I think if you if Daniel Farker follows my advice with the high press, he's gonna he's gonna cause us problems, and we're not going to get going. I, I don't think, and um, I can see us losing it two one. I don't think it's going to be a hugely open game. I think we are going to cause you problems, and we are going to grab a goal from a set piece. But considering your your quality in the final third, I think you're going to run out two one winners. Well, wow, I think that's the, the first opposition fan we've had on that's, that's predicted a defeat. Simeon, uh, thank you very much. You can check out uh, his work at the Tarhurst end. We'll, we'll leave all the links uh, down below. Um, let's hope Norwich City 
can uh, as Simeon said there make it their their fourth win in a row if it's their fourth 2-1 win in a row then then we'll all take that right um at the Bedesi Stadium on Wednesday evening uh, we'll be there pinkin.com is the place to go for all the latest Norwich City news and views stay safe and we'll see you again very very soon <laughs>